0: Last note before we get started today. Please know this podcast may contain content that may be disturbing to some listeners. All opinions expressed are that of the individual and are not meant as a substitute for professional mental health or medical advice. We advise reading the show notes for more detailed description before you listen to this podcast. Remember, mental health matters. Please take good care of yourself. It's Tammy Lawrence at here. Welcome to the I'm Still Here Messages from the Other Side podcast. This is a group that no one wants to join, but unfortunately, we will all be in this club at some point in our lives. We discuss the grief journey and receiving messages from the other side when our loved ones let us know that they are still close. Together, we will learn to navigate to the other side of grief while still being here. Hello, everyone. Today, we're speaking with Joe McQuillan, Joe is the author of My Search for Christopher on the Other Side, and his second book, We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. In these books, Joe shares his connection with his son who passed in a canoe accident in 2016. Today, he'll share some of these experiences with us. Hi, Joe.
1: Absolutely, Tammy. Thanks for having me on. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. Absolutely. It's
1: kind of what I'm supposed to do these days, Tammy. I'm just following the breadcrumbs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, how did that start? Let Let's jump right back to the beginning of the story, or the middle, I guess, of your story. But
1: well, it it, it's really the beginning of this chapter of my life. And 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 what happened in in January of 2016, um, early January, first couple days, Chris was home from college, um, 21 years old. A bunch of his friends uh, had been home on vacation and decided to wrap up the Christmas vacation by meeting at a friend's house up in Lake Beulah, Wisconsin, which is a small lake about an hour and a half north of the city of Chicago. And, uh, you know, they were just going to, you know, they go up there on a Saturday, kick up their heels, spend the night, get up in the morning, everybody comes home on Sunday. Chris and I were planning to watch a Bills game with his little brother and go back to school the following Monday. You know, so uh, the morning I woke up and, and had an uneasy feeling. Uh, which was, you know, unusual all day long. I had an uneasy feeling and in, in kind of waiting to hear from him and texting, hey, buddy, where are you? And I get a text from uh, the kid who owned the parents owned the house, said, Mr. McHugh, Chris and three friends are missing. So I grabbed the Labrador, jumped in the Jeep, started heading up north and got a phone call halfway up. And the phone call was from an uncle who lived of of, of the kid who lived a few houses away and said, you know, I just want to break you the news that it's no longer a search but a recovery all for a drought. And you know you literally go into a bit of a shock, you know where, where you know where the reality of it is you know um, is kind of a beyond getting your arms around, you know. and so uh, I finished the drive first to make sure everything was supposed to be what it was before I started reporting back. You know, I walked in the house and and literally, you know, i, I I'm looking out my window in my office but I can look out that, that big picture window that I saw when I walked into that Wisconsin house and saw below on the lake, emergency boats and flashing lights and divers and balloons and whatever they were doing to indicate, uh, you know, the rescue, uh, uh technique and, and, you know, there were pockets of kids in the corner huddled together crying and, and, and pockets of parents huddled together crying and, and I just kind of stayed on my own, and and Chris was the first one recovered, and, and uh, we had to identify him, you know, <clears throat> and in Wisconsin, they won't let you identify the body, and uh, they only let you re-identify a picture, and and usually my nature is to push back, you know, and, and I just didn't even have it in me, you know, it wasn't going to change, they weren't going to change the law, because I was PO'd that my kid was drowned. So, you know, I had identified the picture and it was, you know, Chris was wearing a minor league baseball Jersey from Buffalo. That was mine, a baseball uh, jacket, later layered clothing. And, and what basically had happened is uh, three o'clock, you know, they all went up to Wisconsin shooting pool at a local tavern, came back to the lake house, shooting pool, ping pong, beer pong, whatever, you know, overindulging four boys went outside and three o'clock in the morning, saw a boathouse, curiosity, got him, And uh, with layered clothing and a snoop full of alcohol and partially frozen lake and unlaced timberland boots, which is a, a point that comes up a number of times to finding what happened, you know, and uh, they paddled out, none of them made it back, you know. Um, I will say flashback to about 15, 16 years before, and I had actually ventured out to see a medium. And it was more on a curiosity's sake or something. And I and I'd seen this medium, and 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 the reading was fine. You know, I didn't at that point in time. Even though I had lost loved ones, they'd fallen in normally in order as they should. Um, so there was no sense of urgency back then in two thousand. But it, right before the end, she said, "Your dad's here," and 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 your dad's holding a caboose, and he's telling you uh, railroad. Now you gotta understand. This was 2000s before Google search or Facebook. Or, and my old man was a really special guy to me. I mean, he was just a blue-collar guy from Buffalo, New York, who worked 40 years on the railroad. All five of the boys in the family worked on the railroad during school. My uncle and grandfather were railroaders. There's a railroad lantern, if you see, on top of the bookcase behind my head. So if you were going to describe us, you describe us as a railroad family. You know, and uh, the old man's nickname was Iron Joe. So as I'm finishing this ride up to Wisconsin, I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. If my old man came through and told me where he was or that he was accessible, you know, he was not a very verbose cat. He didn't give me the answers to the universe or the lottery or anything else. He just let me know that he was there. And I, and I bought it. I, I completely believed it. And I thought if my old man is somewhere and my son crossed over, he's with him as you we were talking about clan you know family's very clannish and and my family was very clannish and so I thought okay the old man's there Chris has got to be with him how do I find what's next how do I find how to connect you know I wasn't ready to face the world without my son however I will tell you Tam i'm 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 kind of a, a boots on the ground fella so if this metaphysical stuff was hokey BS, I wanted to cross it off the list. I didn't want to be soothed by a, a fairy tale, right? I mm-hmm. want, but if it was
0: real, I needed to figure it out. And that started my journey. Amazing. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a tragic story, but it's also an amazingly beautiful story And at, at this point because you still have connection with him. So what was the process? What did you do to connect with Chris?
1: Well, started off, you know, um, you got, I, I didn't start off to write a book. I didn't start off to talk to parents. You know, I started off to keep notes. Uh, so that when years later, I'm sitting on a, on a porch in a rocking chair, eating pudding, you know, that I could look at these notes, have a cigar and feel connected. That was my intention. You know, so I, we you know, I believed in, in mediums. I believed Wasn't a knowing yet. It was a believing. I believed in mediums. I believed in spirit. I believed in the other side. You know, I'm Catholic. I believed in the communion of saints. I believed in a lot of things, you know, but they weren't part of my day-to-day life and and I needed to make them part of my day-to-day life. Uh, And so uh, I, I did some research. I went and saw some early on Sally went and saw Rebecca Rosen and, and Chris came flying through. Know, months after he transitioned, I got in touch with that same medium from 16 years before, and she had moved to Arizona. I got her on the phone, and she did a reading with Chris. Not, and she said, "I don't think I'm going to be able to connect with a spirit that newly transitioned," but he came through, you know, and mm-hmm. and told her things about the accident that we wouldn't know until we got the police report, you know, and and so I at this point I was accumulating more information, more data, more knowledge and believing more. Uh, there's a gal around here named Jen Weigel. Her dad was a local sportscaster and, and she's kind of the Pied Piper here in the Chicago area for bringing in metaphysical speakers and, and mediums and such. And, you know, early on we saw Thomas John who came right up to us in the theater with 200 people and described my boy and uh, described the accident, described the people who across with him. Um, you know, I, I talked to this uh, wonderful medium uh, uh, you know, Nancy from the old days. And and yet, you know, uh, six months in, um, I was greedy, right? You know, I didn't want to talk on the phone to a medium who's looking at my son. I wanted to sit across from a medium who's looking in the eyes of my son um, or looking at the spirit, that, you know, or, or wherever he'd be. You know, and it turns out he's always behind my left shoulder. And, and so I went and saw this guy. I made an appointment to see this guy, Andrew Anderson. It was a great book. Bob Olson wrote a wonderful book. He was a private investigator for, on the West Coast. And he wanted to find out he was looking for his father, who had transitioned. He wanted to know if this was BS or real. And if it was BS, he was going to reveal it. And if it was real, he was going to endorse it. He ended up being a huge advocate and a very impactful, good book for your readers. And so... Uh, you know, and, and, and I didn't even realize it that I had gone to a I one of his books, one of the first ones I read. And and I, I do a lot of things audibly. I love listening to that's why when Chris initially comes through, it's all audibly. I listen to books downloaded, you know, uh, and just you know, love that private space. And uh, you know, so I decided to to uh, I open up this uh web page and 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 it had mediums by location and then ratings. And there was this one cat named uh, Andrew Anderson, who's about 40 minutes from uh, my house. And and I thought, you know what? I'm going to make an appointment. You only give your first name, right? Mm. And and if, if, if it freaks me out before I do it, I'll cancel. You know, I always, I'm Irish. I always have an escape route, you know? <laughs> I always call it the Irish goodbye. When I leave a party or a wedding, I'm gone. People have no idea. You know, it's, yeah. I'm not gonna say goodbye to everybody. I just disappear. You know, <laughs> so I, I knew I could pull an Irish goodbye if I had to. But so the day before, I had had some shamrock seeds uh, delivered from Amazon. Now here's a funny story, to Uh Quirky maybe, but funny. When this we buried him January eighth, two thousand and uh, sixteen, and snow and ground and I mean we we're, we're, uh, we're two miles from. Lake Michigan, you know, that was cold. And and when the snow melted, his body was buried. Even though we had three places that we had bought, three, three plots, his body was buried next to another couple. And I was just livid, you know, nobody told me that, you know, so I pitched a fit and held my breath and stomped my feet and wrote a check and the, <laughs> mostly wrote a check. And I had him moved over one spot. Now, here's something I, I want your audiences to get. Something told me to do that, and then something else told me, you know. I just spent all this money on on all the things to go with burying a kid. You know, isn't this is it silly to waste money like this? And I just got the feeling this was important, and so I did it. You know, and, and by the way, that's how I live my life now. I follow spirit, right? I just follow the breadcrumbs. You know, so I was obviously because because this grave is perfect. It's it's one plot over. And also, the grave was then. This was June thirtieth of two thousand sixteen, so there was all loose dirt around his grave because they reinterred him. So two things: I had the shamrock seeds, and another thing, for the first time in sixteen years, I had reached into my drawer and pulled out this bracelet that he had bought me in Disneyland when he was Disney World when he was five. It says "Dad" on it, and I, you know, after that weekend, I put it in the drawer and never thought of it again. And something. Spirit told me to put it out. So I drove out to off in the States and see this Andrew Anderson. And he's got a website, check him out. He's really good. And he's a pal now. And uh I went in and he wanted to see a picture of Chris. I showed him a picture and he talked about Christopher having a sad side. And we knew that he suffered from, you know, he, although he was a party boy and beautiful and fun and, and the center of attention. And you know, but he also had, you know, would have little depressive bouts and he would have, you know. Wrestled with addiction. And and he explained that to me. And I said, I know that. You know, he said, All right. So he said, Your family came together last night for some kind of anniversary. What was it? And it was Sally and my wedding anniversary the night before. Now, of course, we didn't celebrate it. We had just buried our kid six months before, but we acknowledged it. And he said, Your son is acknowledging that you're wearing the bracelet he gave you. And he's acknowledging that you stopped at his grave and you were planting something recently, like today. That's the moment, Tammy that I went from believing to knowing. I was five minutes in with this guy and he told me what my son looked like. He described him to a T. He talked about things that nobody knew. My wife didn't know I was planting those shamrock seeds that day. Just never came up. I'm not hiding shamrock seed planting, but it just never came up. Yet here I am 15 minutes, 10 minutes into a reading, you know, and, and I'm getting, and that's why they're called evidentiary mediums because it's evidence. You know, he said your son's behind you. He said, "Was your son kind of a wise guy?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Cause he's making fun of your haircut right now." You know, (laughs) and and that's kind of what what I think your audience should know is that their loved ones who crossed over, they're the same personality. They're just in a different room, you know, and they're evolving and and working on them souls and doing classes and all that stuff. But they're the same people they were when they were here. And my son was was a wise guy, you know, and Sweet, funny, uh, witty. And he continued that, you know, uh, one medium said, do you have any questions? And I had a couple of questions at the end. And I said, you know, ask him if I ever came up short. And Christopher's response was, God, no, Pop. You never came up short. You are short, but you never came up short. You know, and, and that's who he was, you know. So, you know, that personality follows them. You know, I know at least from here to the other side and, and probably through other lifetimes.
0: Mm-hmm. It's probably really confirming, too, because that's the question that many parents are going to ask. Did I come up short? Could I have yeah, done yeah. better? Right? right. Could I be a better parent? And you can't ask that. Most people aren't going to have a connection like you have with Chris to be able to ask that question and receive an answer.
1: They can, though, Tammy. That's the thing.
0: And and I'm blessed, man.
1: And I'm going to tell you a second step of this thing, but you know, I'm not the kind of guy you'd think would align his chakras and 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 you know light sage and candles and and have have uh, uh, crystals and you know I'm not that kind of, you know the kind that kind of guy you'd think you know, um, but that's exactly who I am. You know, that's who I am now. I'm a different guy than I was before January 3rd, 2016. You know, uh, Haruki Murakami. Now, do I look like a guy with my brush cut and broken nose that would quote Haruki Murakami? They said, once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what storms are all about. You know, I'm a different guy than walked into that storm. Now, I got to tell you, I've had all these miracles in the last six years. I would much rather be abysmally ignorant of all things metaphysical and go play golf with my kid this weekend. Absolutely. But the bell was rung and you can't unring it. You know, the event that happened, you can't change it. Um, All you can do is deal with the events that you have, you know. And the way I did it was Purely, purely uh, personal and selfish that I just wanted this connection, you know. So a year into this, I've, I've been seeing mediums. I'd go to spirit circles. I would see guys speak in groups, small, big, um, collect data, read books, um, you know, tr- anything I could do to try to feel close. And what I would start doing was this room is, is my office at home, but it was his bedroom. okay so i feel him in here and i always felt good cozy right Mm -hmm. i've got these ugly red curtains that i'm just not going to replace it just i'm happy you know that this 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 is his bedroom and uh and so i'd start waking up at three o'clock in the morning and i'd get up and just kind of you know stiff awake and i'd come in here and i would align my chakras i'd listen to guided meditation i'd light sage i I'd sprinkle some Siesta Key sand because it's 99% porch, porch crystal from Siesta Key in, in, in Sarasota. Um, you know, I would meditate, I, you know, guided meditations are huge. And I would feel him around me. And that was wonderful. And then on the anniversary of his June, so it was January 3rd, 2017, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going through my routine. And I start getting downloads from him. And he's telling me how beautiful it is and that the air is, it's always warm and it's air, but it's love air and the colors and the vibrant, how beautiful. And I'm thinking like, you know, am I going off the reservation here, you know? <laughs> but I, I grabbed a pen and a legal pad and started, as I always have on my desk and started writing it down. And And then he told me, he said, look, Pop, and this is how I knew it was him and not me. He said, look, Pop, you know, I love Scotty and he loved me. He was my pal. He said, You got to let go of that resentment. You got to let go of it. He said, You know, it wasn't his fault. And I said, Sure, Chris, for you. Now, Scotty's the kid whose parents owned the lake house. And I was a little miffed that it was too permissive or whatever, you know. But the truth, man, is I was just looking for somebody to blame, you know. Yeah. And, and so I said, Sure, Chris. So I finished this amazing visit with him where he's describing the other side and uh, talking about his mom and that i have to you know work out extend more of myself to his mom my wife because she's not getting this connection that i've got although she will and she did you know i um, not in the same way but she knows when he's around him around her so fast forward 12 hours uh, i'm i'm i i i, I get a text from uh, one of his buddies, college buddies. And these kids are like family now to us. And he says, uh, and his college buddy says, uh, Mr. McHugh, if you was getting to the grave at 3.30 on the anniversary, could you join us? And I, and I thought, sure. So Sally and I were gonna go there at sundown and light a, uh, a, a Chinese lantern and, and celebrate our boy that way, honor him. But if these kids were going, I was gonna meet him there. So I jumped in the car threw the hockey cooler in there and some cigars and I get there and I see cars all over the place. And I parked the car and there's 40 kids at his grave. There were 40 kids from his grammar school to his high school, to his college. They all do that whole coconut telegraph thing, you know, with uh, social media. They all were there. And one of the first kids I saw was Scotty. So what he was doing, he was preparing me for that moment that I wouldn't be awkward or angry or Clumsy or hurtful, I just embraced him and said, "Scotty, it wasn't your fault. Chris loved you, you know." And 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 you know, and he cried and I cried, you know. And so I thought, okay, I wasn't ready to let go of the resentment. So that's not me putting this on as a salve to heal, you know, soothe my broken heart. This is this is really Chris, you know. I I took a couple of the first readings to a couple of medium pals to you know, validate it. And they said, absolutely. It's Chris, you know, of course it's Chris, you know, one, one guy described stuff that I I didn't even get to yet on the page, you know? So, you know, that, that continues, uh, Tammy, to this day, six years later, five and a half years later, six and a half years since the, 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 the event, but five and a half years since he started coming to me in the office and twice a month, we still have, these sessions where i'll just wake up you know throw some water on my face walk in light the candles do the deal and the last visit he was telling me about preparing for the transition of our dog who's 14 and a half and she's getting ready to cross <clears throat> and he told me that she's already partially her spirits partially crossed and she'll be happy and that he'll be there for her. and don't worry you know he tells me a lot
0: not to worry and i believe him mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Did you know that the dog was kind of sick at that point? or just- Well, she's 14 and a half. You know, yeah.
1: we're, all, we're all, you know, 14, and eight, we all have life expect, shelf life expectories. batteries run out. And so she's, yeah. I had known she'd slowed down and you only get so much time, you know. Um, but it's been apparent the last couple of weeks that, you know, I have to wake her up in the morning to feed her where before she, the minute I'd wake up, she'd be bugging me for chow, you know. Yeah. So, you know, she's she's getting ready. And I, you know, I think she'll be delighted to to see the the she loved Chris. You know, Chris would be home and she wouldn't leave his side. There's yeah. something about the dog. That dog was my dog. That dog followed me everywhere. And Sally loved the dog, but she thought the dog was kind of just an additional need in her life, you know. And uh when Christopher transitioned, she shifted the dog just shifted right to my wife. You know, where <clears throat> I spent the first six months just doing as much movement as I could to try to heal the pain. Sally shut down and and then took leave of absence and and stayed home. And, and the dog never left her side. The dog was to this day, at the end of the day, the dog is next to my wife when we're watching TV or talking or, you know, that's, and and that's something that, you know, that, that that spirit, they know. I've been told by mediums that Chris comes through with a big white dog. That's our first Labrador, Cassidy or Casey who made it to 14 years old and, and was more like a mom to Chris. And and they go, yeah, there's a dog with him all the time. That's case, you know, and and Cassidy's going to be next. You know, he's told me when my sister, Marsha was about to transition, she was dying of cancer and she was a big source of love for both of us. And she was, she was dying of cancer and decided treatments done. She, she had tried everything, She'd fought the good fight, like St. Paul says, right? Mm-hmm. I've been poured out like a libation, and uh, I have fought the good fight. And that's what I think about what I'm doing here, is that I fought the good fight. You know, the, the families that get affected, that gets touched, that gets healed a little bit, who've lost kids. You know, that's, 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 that's the reward. That's the job I'm doing. You know, so he said, Dad, when Marsha crosses, I'll be here. You know, please don't worry about that. You know, she won't be afraid, I promise. And before she, I was with her a couple of days before she transitioned, she was in hospice. And she said to me, honey, Joey, you gave me the greatest gift. I read your book, I'm Not Afraid to Die. Now I was so grateful to be able to give somebody something that impactful who'd been so huge in my life. A year later on my birthday, January 9th, 2018, I went and saw a medium named uh, 2020, uh, Jill Nicole And she said, your sister's here. And she's saying to tell you, uh, honey, she called you Joey. She said, thanks for the greatest gift, you know. Um, But when she transitioned, Christopher came to me and said, look, you know, Marsha crossed. And we were all there. Jerry, Billy, Bobby, Pat, Carrie. Everybody was there for her. He said, but then she had to go somewhere like a spa. And when she came back and joined the family, she was younger than even when I remembered as a kid. So it took me a while to figure that out, Tammy. And what that was, was when she transitioned, the cancer stayed with her body on this side, but the trauma crossed over with her. So she had to go somewhere to deal with that. And they called it a spa, which is a lovely way to describe it, right? And when she came back, she was lighter, younger, and lovelier than, than Chris even remembers, you know? And I think that's what happens when we go, all our... You know, addictions and illnesses and and speech impediments and and learning disabilities—they're all processed through,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: And then we join, then we rejoin the, the crowd, you know. And and he said, "And the circle will be completed, Pop, when you cross, you know." But not today. It's not your day. Well, that's good because we need to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we need. And and you know, I got to tell you, Tim, um, I've got work to do. I still have two adult kids and wonderful bride, you know, I'm a good, I'm a good friend. I have great friends. I'm a good, you know, employee and have wonderful pals and I've lived a life beyond my wildest dreams, you know, but, it, but I'm not afraid to die. So if God said to me, Hey pal, here you're, you're skating left wing tomorrow on the other side, I'm okay with it. Cause I know what's next. You know, Chris once said to me, pop, your side is like football camp. He said, you know, it's, wonderful. It's fun, but it's hard and it's grueling and it can be painful and injuries and, you know, pulled muscles and, um, you know, but you're eating group dinners with pails and competing. He said, that's your side. And it's good.
0: He said, my side's like a beach bungalow in Maui. It's better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so a couple of things uh, that I thought of when you were talking there uh, about your wife grieving things differently than you did would you have some advice for someone else who has maybe lost a child i i often you often hear when people uh do lose a child that it's a a time when it either pulls them apart or it makes them closer 85 percent of the parents
1: who've lost kids get divorced Mm um and, and 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 my advice is just respect the other person's process right um i had to run around in circles you know, and, and then spirit was creeping in, right? Sally had to shut it down. And Chris had actually said that he can't get through to his mom because the grief is so deep that he can't get through. So she did this and actually did a, a healing with, with a referral of Rebecca Rosen that changed her life. You know, it was a spiritual healing. Now it's funny thing for, for the following Christmas, she gave me the same healing and I hated it. I wanted to get off the phone. I didn't like it. It wasn't my thing, you know. It's just how things, you know. So she respects her process. I respected mine. They were different, and and the thing that kept us going, though Pam, was our love on this side or the other for that our oldest boy, you know. So, and I also knew that one time, Thomas or Andrew Anderson said to me, you know, Chris is behind. He said, "Can you stick around?" It was a group session, and I, and I said, "Sure." He said, look, Chris is here behind you with his arms folded, and he's not real pleased. He says, you're not putting enough into the marriage. He said, he knows you're sad, He knows you're heartbroken, but you got to do your part. And, and so I said, I promised I would. And I started coming out of myself a little bit and extending myself a little more. Um, you know, i tell you, I, you know, we're, we're, we're married 30 years June and, uh, and I've, you know, we've never been closer, you know, our, our love and commitment to our boy <clears throat> has, has, has propelled our love to a different level, our commitment to each other, you know, so, um, you yeah, know,
0: she stuck with me while I'm on this side of the
1: veil, at least. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. If someone was going through a grieving process right now, due to a loss of a child, what is your advice for them? Do what you got to do. Be where you are. You know, um, you know, you
1: got to let down the rock you know, one of the reasons Chris pushed me to write both these books was he said, look, pop, you're a good ambassador because you don't look like you'd write this kind of book. He said, so people are going to believe it from you, a guy like you than they would from somebody else. He said, so you got to keep carrying that message, you know? And I believe fully that I get this amazing gift, but I got to give it away to keep it right. If I hoard this like King Midas's treasure, you know, it may dissipate. I'm not taking a risk, you know? So, you know, I got a text today from a dear old friend. She was an office manager of mine and, and a neighbor friend of her lost a kid. And was it okay if she reaches out to me? And it's like, absolutely. You know, and I'll find that time and we'll sit on the deck and I'll have a cigar and we'll talk on the phone or whatever. So I tell people that are going through wherever you are, there you are. Right. But here's the only thing I want you to try to get your arms around. That as Susan Geisman, the brilliant author, and medium said, still right here. Your kids are still right here. You know, you just got to find the wisdom and raise the consciousness and the openness to be able to reach out to them. And when the miracles start kicking in, it's so rewarding. You know, never changes a broken heart. Your heart's going to be broken the rest of your life. Just a piece of it's always going to be gone. You know, anybody who said time heals all wounds hasn't lost a kid. Right, so be where you are in the process. But even if it doesn't sound real, take a shot. You know, meditate, read a book. You know, go online, watch somebody, check out my website. There's a bunch of amazing interviews. Um, there's steps for connecting under the about section. You know, read both my books. I gotta be honest with you, and I say my books. I just got a shot from my son. I said, "Tell him it's our books, Pop." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because every every paragraph, every word you know was him with me so you know those are two of the best books on the subjects especially of early recovery you know and where it can lead you to you know it's you know I still do the things in the real world I have a job where I actually have to make money and and I have responsibilities and and you know I have a wonderful time I love to golf and be with my pals and and all of that um you know and that's that's important you know you you've gotta but but there's also another side and there's a higher calling, you know, whenever you want to call God, Yahweh, great spirit, uh, creator, higher power, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, that, that, to me, it's the source, you know, that's the, that's the source that put it all together. I saw John Edward, brilliant medium. I remember seeing his show back in the the early 2000s Mm. and he was coming to the area. And I just said, yeah. and a medium friend went with us and Sally and i and and of course you know i expected chris to come through as he does pretty often in these settings and john edwards and he kept looking over at us there are 300 people but he kept looking over and then moving on i'm thinking this is and he he was wrapping up and he goes oh one more thing (laughs) And he goes there's a young man here who's accepting responsibility for his own death uh his own transitioning he said uh his name is Chris. <laughs> he goes, Christopher Joseph. That was his middle name. I go, yes, it was. And he said, and he's here with his grandfather, you know, who's also Joseph. I said, yep, that's him. He said, did he play the cross? He said, yeah. He said, was he responsible for his own death? I said, yeah, through recklessness and alcohol and general chicanery, he ended up crossing over. He said, I'm seeing him wearing a jersey number 22. And Sally said, that was Will's the cross jersey. I said, No there's that was his Buffalo Bills football jersey that we'd watch games with. And he put it on and it was Freddie Jackson's number and, uh, and, I, and it's in my phone. And I said, and I showed it to her. I go, that's the picture, you know? I mean, it was just so heartwarming. The last 15 minutes were all about Chris, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, my advice is take a shot. You know, if, if after you delve into the metaphysical and the spirit of the person you're trying to connect with, And if you're disappointed, we'll give you back all your misery, you know. But the difference of knowing, you know, I'm still sad. I'm still lonely without him, right? But I know we're going to be together. And I know he's around me. I can feel, I feel right now. I get a chill on the back of my neck when he's around. And he's here this moment. And, And he's not always there. He's there around me a lot. You know, in certain places, he's, you know, he's there on the Gulf Coast beaches for some reason. He loves that. If I'm there, he's there. When I'm golfing, I feel them around me all the time, you know. Um, There's just thin places where the veil is thinnest, I feel them. And everybody has their own, right? So what I want them to do is, you know, read the books, and start your own adventure, you know. Start your own book. You know, know, I didn't mean to write a book. I was putting notes in order just to have them. Yet, you know, I was given marching orders by my boy on the other side to write a book to help people. You know, I remember seeing Thomas John one time, one-on-one. Fabulous medium. And he said, uh, said, you writing a book? I said, yeah. He said, Chris said, get going. I said, Thomas, I'm, I'm writing as fast as I can, you know, but I, but that's him. You know, he's, he's pushing me from the other side to do some good, you know, and that's what I'm supposed to do until I cross with him.
0: Yeah. Well, th- and thank you so much for being you and for sharing it and Chris as well for helping the procedure along. It's one of those things. It's one of the reasons for this podcast as well. If we can help somebody out there heal or understand life a little bit more, then we've done a good job.
1: And the other side, the life on the other side is just life. And both books are available on Amazon. Um, I'm proud of both of them. I think they do a lot of good. And so uh, and if anybody wants to reach out, my email is J as in Joseph, B as in boy McQuillen, my last name, M-C-Q-U-I-L-L-E-N at gmail.com you lost somebody you're hurt you're a little confused
0: you know give me an email we can chat it up that's great thank you so much for that offer joe and we'll put all of those details and your website as well Beautiful. in in the show yeah. notes so that can... awesome very good well, thank you so much for taking some time out with us today we appreciate it
1: you're welcome i enjoyed it completely appreciate it. help me spread the message
0: thank you bye bye thank you for listening We're grateful to our guests for sharing their experiences and knowledge of the grieving journey. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and a review. You can follow us on social media through the links offered in the show notes. If you know somebody who could benefit from this podcast, please be sure to share it with them. A special shout out to Kevin McLeod and Computech for the background music entitled, Happy Dreams. If you yourself have a story that you'd like to share, Please email me at reikiandyoga at yahoo.com. I look forward to speaking with you. Until next time.